What's going on, folks? You are listening to The Quarter Note, an album review podcast. Four musically inclined individuals analyze a single project at a time. Happy New Year. I'm Jay Cass. Wish good, y'all. Happy 2022. It's Johnny Carter. Happy New Year. It's Andre Dowdy. Happy New Year. It's uh, Fax Mercury, I guess. <laughs> Damn, Thanks for 2022. It might be the year I just give up on the nicknames. <laughs> Damn. Damn. R.A.P. Um, thanks for tuning in. As always, today we are diving into the new weekend album, Dawn FM. Andre, talk to him. For years, the weekend has proven to be something of an anomaly. The weekend's brand of romantic masochism has preserved beyond his initial trilogy of albums, each a drug-induced trip into the wee hours of the Toronto night. He's evolved as a full-on pop star with his recent string of albums managing to maintain their dark undertones over pop anthems powered by the likes of Max Martin, Daft Punk, Benny Blanco, Diplo, Swedish House Mafia, and other certified hitmakers. The weekend's fifth album, Dawn FM, frames his nihilistic romantic crooning as a part of a journey through purgatory, pushing the 80s power pop aesthetic that he introduced on 2020's After Hours. Now I'm going to start here and say that I'm not as much of a weekend fan as I pretended to be back in the day. I listened to House of Balloons, and then anything past that, I truly did not listen to. But obviously, liking music and being around music, it was almost impossible to ignore the weekend throughout his kind of meteor meteoric rise to where he is now. You know, performing at the the Super Bowl in this kind of crazier fashion, like crazy fashion where he's got this weird maze thing that turned into a meme at some point. <laughs> I but like somebody's gonna say it. Like like that was I think it was one of the 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 most watched like cable programs of that year. So like he's got something going for him. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. And I guess like Jay, you were, you were saying this uh, before we started recording, like after he broke away from like the OVO camp of things where he like kind of found his footing, I guess where he wanted to be in the first place and then like went off. So at some point he just hit like stardom to the point where he has an essentials album, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. He's got like a greatest hits album. I think it's called Essentials. I think, but I think that's also because a good amount of his stuff wasn't on streaming, or at least that House Balloons oh, yeah. era or something like that was like. Oh, on okay. It probably, I mean, or it could be like a greatest hits type thing, which seems crazy because he's realistically only really been this famous for like maybe like nine ish years since like 2012. 10, year, ten years. Yeah, ten years. At least yeah, House Balloons. I think. Yeah, twenty eleven. Yeah, I think where he like really popped off was like 2012, 2013. So he's kind of rode this for yeah essentially like 10 years um but uh yeah after hours kind of cemented him as this pop star that we know him now and then um don fm as i mentioned earlier kind of takes the sounds from after hours and honestly kind of spattered throughout his discography but i guess really hones in and doubles down on what after hours really brought to the, the forefront especially with blinding lights being the big single that it was last two years the last two years um don fm kind of doubles down on that and pushes it forward with a, a bunch of collaborators that he's familiar with. Um, and then one that he kind of worked with casually in um, Daniel uh, Lopatin or Onio Tricks Point Never, who did the soundtrack for Uncut Gems, which he was in. So um, I guess he found like a just a, 
a collaborator in that project and it works really well really really well bro like yeah i, I mean i, I kind of i agree with andre and i'm in the same boat like when uh the weekend first like came out and like got popular when like house of balloons dropped uh that was also like the same year i got into frank ocean and i was like well i'm already rocking with frank ocean oh wow so i i'm getting my like rmb fix from frank so i never really got into the weekend like that and like i've heard his singles and i listened to like a little bit of his albums over the years i was just like i get it he's talented but like not really for me and then when he started hopping more into his like 80s bag i was like oh i'm actually kind of feeling this and Don fm was like my first time actually really like listening to like a weekend album all the way through and really like tinking it in and he knocked it out the park like if his goal was to like i want to make my definitive 80s sounding album he did that like tenfold like perfectly executed and and i and i think him coming up with these like different characters probably helped him a lot so he can kind of like get himself into a micro i don't know if that's what he was like setting out to do but like uh if you guys remember like last year over the last album he had like the bloody nose type of like thing going on and that was like his outfit for like almost all his interviews and like musical appearances and then with this album he's like an old dude um he was like in the club for like dressed up as like an old dude for like p rain's birthday like preem's birthday and just like other like outings and stuff so like him like coming up with a character and coming up with a sound i think really helps him a lot and it's just like he, he just killed it man like every single song on this for the most part slapped like just truly. to just just to hop on that train of thought i think concepts work for the weekend now because i think all of his like his lyrical content is so just like i mean it's the same thing over and over in in the yeah like the good mm -hmm. and the bad way like it's nihilistic it's just drug induced like the worst kind of human being out at night like getting into these relationships that don't work or, or intentionally don't work because because of self-sabotage or whatever it is but i think putting a character onto these these ideas and these thoughts and these experiences help take it out of the esoteric and put it into something that has shape and form Makes and especially palatable in a way because now it's like, oh, this him. isn't a real person this is just some type of fictional i was just persona. about to say it might help him get his show i was like oh that wasn't me that was my character <laughs> exactly oh because my that, the evolution of this man from 10 years ago where it was just like oh that guy's doing all of the drugs and doing all of the debauchery to like okay maybe he's still doing it but has a lid on it now you know he, he, say, like he seems control? like he's tired it sounds like he's yeah. like kind of like hitting that peak was like man i'm still out here like running around with these like young ass girls are just on drugs and just want to like but use me for a good time because musically right when he first started out he had slow very calm very drug induced like in the middle of like taking ecstasy kind of songs and as he gets older he's suddenly moving to a pop upbeat kind of feel and Which it's, I'm so it's kind of by I know it's it's really interesting to see him go from that where like as I'm maturing I kind of want to keep all of this stuff fun in a way where like he's well yeah I made a joke about this earlier the album to me when from the first song that sounds like it belongs in cyberpunk 2077 like mm -hmm. the first trailer if they put one of these songs on there I'd be like oh yeah this is clearly this know, is like some Tron soundtrack yeah some yeah. Tron shit like you're just doing some new drugs in the future or something like that but it's surprisingly I think works for him like you guys said the personas that he has I think allows him to kind of minorly reinvent himself because honestly, I think 
the sound that he originally started off with, um, he no longer can go back to because other people have adopted it and, you know, quite frankly, probably have taken that and evolved it somewhere else. So there's a new lane that he's decided to go for, which is at first everyone was kind of like, oh, he's kind of dipping into like a Michael Jackson kind of thing. But like you said, Jelani, like an 80s thing. I don't I don't really think too many people are like hitting on a very synth based kind of sound where, you know, it's it's really droney. It's really still sad at the end of the day, but ultimately it's still somehow upbeat. Um, I think he's starting to fill his niche a little deeper yeah i think he's just you know writing the wave that works for him right yeah and i respect that because not a lot of artists really working very well this is what works for me and i'm not gonna go against it like you know this is what everybody likes me to do i'm also gonna continue doing it because it also sounds like he's not like sacrificing himself to make this sound like if you listen to the if you're actually like yeah i was sorry i didn't mean to take your your thunder but it's like if you if you like really like listen to like the lyrical content it still sounds like that house of balloons able but just more upbeat and he's found a way to make it like perfectly meld where it doesn't sound corny or he's like doing too much you know what i mean because i feel like when he first started getting into this bag i can see how people maybe maybe like perceived him as like oh he's just getting into his pop bag because he's like now bigger than ever and he's making these pop songs now and he's just gonna ride that wave i'm like nah. if you like really listen he's still the same dude just a different yeah. beat, but it like it just works. Yeah, I think it's 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 the idea. I think this album is the album of an escapist, right? Whereas like the first couple of albums are him like actually in those experiences to the point where he's just like getting it off on the page to like, you know, I could just have a body of work that represents that time. This in concept and in execution is an escapist album where like you can listen to it knowing that all of these things are underneath but are hidden by this boyish you know super dance filled exterior so that like whatever darkness is creeping underneath um it's i mean you can still like belt it out and not feel weird or not terribly weird about it if you don't think about it you like you know sacrifice like i don't want to sacrifice like i don't want to sacrifice myself but i love my time like you're screaming that out and you know like he's talking about like drugs and women all this other stuff you're just like yeah let's go and meanwhile, meanwhile, like you're you're in theory supposed to be in the car on the way to purgatory. So like this is just like the like the escape you can give yourself. Although like the album does kind of round out and you know touch on some like mature things of like you know Abel in these relationships and like where he is at this point. He's like, I know you don't love me. You're just here for you know make your your boyfriend jealous. Like it's cool, whatever. Just don't don't act like it's a real thing. Goodbye. So like keeping that in mind, but I, but he's he, like at this point he's mature enough about it where he'd be like, yeah, I know it's the case. Like let's do it, get it over with, so I can get on with my life. Just out the car, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then like at the end of that, he's like, all right, that was fun. Or like I had my little escape trip thinking about all these things that happened. Now I'm gonna go say out to the sun with his neighbor Jim Carrey. <laughs> well, that's kind of like a, an overarching theme in his music is the escapist persona that he kind of takes on. Um, but what I enjoy about this album is other than the other than the very well-shaped 80s aesthetic that it gives off is the experience that it puts you through. Um, Dawn FM feels like a long drive in the dead of winter in 1985 after recently enduring a heartbreak. Um, some some songs actually nod to that that experience as well. Like it almost feels like you said dre like being in being in your car um to purgatory is that like 
Is that or, officially you know, what it is? Or yeah, like you're in purgatory on your way to death because the light at the end of That's, the tunnel that Jim Carrey references afterlife. is death. Yeah, and then right. like there's the skit in like toward the end of the album that talks about the afterlife, like the movie right. or whatever. Right. Right. Um, that's um, and it's like and that's yeah like yeah go ahead sorry sorry yeah like to me I I thought I I found it interesting because like some songs actually like sound like 1985 like sacrifice being inspired by I want to thank you by Alicia Myers well, bang, hitter banger um and out of time that uh sampled um midnight pretenders by Tomoko Oran that's like oh, a yeah, city right, pop. Right. that's a city pop song. yeah yeah um, caught it. yo honestly city, city i'm glad you did there's like certain samples on there that i didn't recognize and like i hope they know because i want to listen to like that original you know, <laughs> you know I mean? uh, but um yeah that song by the way is beautiful out of time crazy yeah crazy that song pretty much is him expressing his regrets of losing the relationship so much that he tells his ex to come back to him if uh, I feel that, bro. Her current relationship doesn't work out. <laughs> I feel that, bro. I feel that. However, the real hidden gem of this song comes at the end when Jim Carrey references his character in Eternal Sunshine and he erases his ex-girlfriend from his memory. Wild. Oh, I didn't catch that. Wild. That full That's circle awesome reference was deep. That, that hit crazy. Shout out Jim um, Carrey. Overall, I enjoy this album. However, I feel like it falls short in like a bunch of scattered places. Um, like, I think it ends on a good note, like less than zero. It's probably his one of, probably if not the strongest performance vocally on the album. Um, but I feel like the album is very front loaded. Like it comes out the gate swinging. Um, yeah, from from gasoline to, I think it's best friends yeah to to like after here we go again like that just about that part is like i can hear it nonstop. best friends to every angel is terrifying very skippable very skippable yeah um also it's just like very surprised at the wayne feature here you know what's funny facts I believe the Wayne feature over the Tyler feature because I feel like Wayne's like little introduction to auto tune in there, like fits the aesthetic of the album. Whereas Tyler's voice is so identifiable yeah, that it takes jarring. me out of, yeah, it like takes me out of the submersion of mm. this eighties idea. And maybe it's just like, I haven't like recognized a voice that low in this kind of like aesthetic, but something about Tyler like took well, me out of it. You know I think what? it's a I, more conceptual dissonance than it is a sonic one. Cause like yeah for sure like the Lil Wayne feature I could do away without I mm-hmm. could do away I, with it worked for me honestly it worked for Bro, me too where the love at tell hubby I'll kill him no hubcap come on it is such a struggle bar <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know it worked for me bro it worked and, for me bro and uh, what else people were what like clowning him like oh like, I can't believe you're the Virgin Mary and I'm Dirty Harry like. <laughs> Come on, hey, bro. So you're talking about the girl right now. You better watch your fucking mouth, bro. <laughs> but I feel as though, like, Tyler's verse, like, actually encapsulates heartbreak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though you know, maybe sonically, it, it, it just, you know what it might it be? Sound like though? A little... We heard 
we just heard Tyler on a bunch of 90s sounding shit. And now he's like on some 80s shit. It's like, you're you going backwards, bro. What are we doing here? At least we, <laughs> at least we heard, like we've heard Wayne auto-tune croon before. Like really try to like fucking like sing and shit. So it makes sense. production that- doesn't help either on Wayne's part. Like it's such an up-happy kind of up-tempo song where you're like, why the hell is Lil Wayne on this? But if you were to isolate and put on something else, I think Bro, it would then, sit better. And then it's auto-tune. So, like, that's 80s shit right there. Right. I mean, that's Zapp and Roger. That's fucking Prince, you know, Madonna, all that shit. So, I but really, like, you know. he, Oh, sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say that Here We Go Again sounds more like a... Like, it has, like, the little flourishes like Tyler, of it. right? Yeah, but I don't think he's... Okay. I don't think he's credited as, as a me. producer on there. Because I was like, oh, like, I see why Tyler's on this. <laughs> it does sound like, yeah, because it's kind of, like, at least... In comparison to the most recent album, like there are these kind of kind of longer, just like lush builds to then his verse, and then mm-hmm. the song I mean, kind of wraps both up. Both features, the- both features were for me, so yeah. it, whatever. But I, I really do without less than zero. It just sounds like the end of an indie high school love. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Like, like I, 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 I will like, say wow, no. that less than zero is probably like my least favorite song on the album. It it works still. But I was just like, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I was just like really grooving and vibing with a good amount of this album. And then that song comes on. I'm like, okay, this is cool. But like, I mean, I guess maybe conceptually, he felt that he couldn't get into that last Jim Carrey skit without a song like like that. Because if we went from like him and Lil Wayne into that Jim Carrey skit, I don't think it would have worked. So he needed no, something yeah. in between. But personally, it's just like, all right, this is cool, but, like, compared to the rest of this, like, especially how, like, the album was sequenced, it felt like yeah. one long, like, I guess, radio mix, if you if you want to keep that theme, or just one long song, but everything was sequenced so well. So, like, I don't know. Yeah. It was just a little I strongly agree with off. Cass and you guys. Like, the front half of the album is just, like, really stacked, and then it, it kind of, like, falls off <clears throat> its momentum, like, really steeply. Like I, it instantly I still think goes it from work, like up tempo to immediately drops. I think there's just something about even if it's like an interlude placed in there to take you off of that groove that you're experiencing because it's such a jarring effect. And I think maybe it's just me, but yeah, I think something could have helped make a stopgap for that so that you're ready for something else to change I think, afterwards. I think the the biggest carry in this, or or like I don't know the the redeeming quality is the production and just how immaculate the production is like um yeah the knowledge of sound is of synth sound design is not easy to understand and like just hearing it it just sounds like they have such a sound solid understanding of synthesized sound design Hella plate reverb on them drums. What'd you say? <laughs> I said hella plate reverb on them drums. Hella plate, style. yo, yeah, the Lexa verb. You can yeah, hear yeah. that shit, and it's yeah, yeah. Where I know exactly what y'all talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I would have done the same. I would have done the same. Le- Lexa, yeah. Lexa Pro on that reverb. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Lexa Pro. <laughs> you got, got mad anxiety, son. I'm trying to take it down and notch. Let me tell yeah, you, Lexa Pro. The the best moment on this album Yo, shout out is the best moment on this album is uh how do I make you love me into take my breath? 
like yeah. when those two tracks blend together i was like yes yeah in in it into it yo and, like, and um, i think i i think take my breath the extended version because apparently this is the extended version of the single this version is like the best moment because it kind of like unwinds in a way or like unravels in a way that like really helps sell the experience of this journey somewhere i think those two definitely obviously because they're blended together it feels like a journey but but like the way that take my breath like builds over time just feels like 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 i don't know it it truly helps i know what you're saying yeah place the the idea that like you're on a journey somewhere right 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 yeah that like that whole dance extended version because i i listened to it um at work obviously the radio edit and i'm just like this is another weekend song (laughs) big whoop and then and then hearing the dance extended version and when he when it drops i'm like this is another song this isn't the same song like this is fire but um and that's also yeah. another 80s thing to do is to make an extended to make the version dance extended that's just version. Exactly. dance like let the yeah. beat go for four minutes before something comes right Facts. you know what's funny when when i heard that song i thought about how we talked about silk sonic and like that's something that they missed the opportunity yeah. to do is just rip like jelani Ooh, you yeah. said it facts you said it that was the missed opportunity that Silk Sonic. Because they're this both is, musicians. Is, Could have just started grooving for mad long. My, nah, I mean, bro, this is like, if you're trying to do some 80s shit, this is how you do it, guys. Honestly, no. Honestly, this is what Silk Sonic wanted to be. That I was going to, okay, I was going to say that, but I thought I was bugging by saying it. So I'm no, glad. No, 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 This I'm is glad the you, album that Silk Sonic I feel the Sonic same exact be, way. Like, maybe another decade, but like, like, Silk Sonic basically sounds like karaoke compared to this because this is like god damn yeah, this Abel is taking a sound and making it his own his own yeah he makes it his own there's some homages to that time without being completely derivative even sacrifice like you said referencing alicia myers it's familiar but it's still it's you know, his own transposed song. into his own key it's its own it's his song there's own elements you're like oh i know that but it's not like oh he clearly just ripped this off and yeah, um, out of time. Like if you listen to the original song, like he just takes like the the beginning part and just like loops it and yeah. just samples it like on an MPC. Like you can hear it. So, yeah. Can you guys tell that we enjoyed this album? <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I first heard the album, I heard the tale by Quincy, and I was like, "Yo, this is weird," because I never imagined that Quincy Jones and The Weeknd would be in the same room together. And it's funny. Because this is the kind of album that Quincy Jones, I think, would eventually work on, I guess. Yeah, or like, thriller. I mean, even like like Thriller and Bad, like that back-to-back, if you, this that's like big-time Quincy, like at least for for us as we know him. Um, but it like obviously it does kind of give a peek into the weekend as a person, just because Quincy tells this tale. And obviously it being on the album has to resonate with Abel in some way. But um, yeah, the first time I heard this, I was like, why is Quincy Jones on this album? And then I was like, At first oh. I was like, Tale by Quincy. Then he's talking, I'm like, is this fucking Quincy Jones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is I mean, it, 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 you know, I mean to honestly, me, it made sense. I was like, if he's making like yeah, an 80s album, then I you was, gotta go to I was just gonna say, like, this is mm-hmm. on That's par the for the chorus. Like, this is very Especially Michael to, Jackson. And you know what I'm saying? According to, like, it's the nigga that sounds like Michael Jackson getting the nigga that made Michael Jackson sound. Exactly. You know, facts. 
So I feel like out of time sounds like like a like a a song that got cut off of Thriller or Bad. Not to compliment Abel that much, but like it feels like hey, it feel like, wise. That's what Timbaland was doing the other day. Timbaland was like, <laughs> yo, this is a classic. This is thriller. And I'm like, all right, relax, Brody. All right, you you're seen a legend. About Dawn FM? Yes. Yo, Timbaland said, uh, reposted <laughs> some easy. shit and it was just like, oh, Quincy Jones didn't have like his first big hit. And then I was like, are we just oh, yeah, completely until he was, discrediting like, him? Old, like, yeah, I was what? like, yo, that's crazy. Y'all this thing's really... been in the game for like 80 years. What are you talking like, about, bro, bro? This man was working with Frank Sinatra and then when he was like 20 years old. Like, this is crazy. This man had like 40 years experience before Mike came along. I'm like, <laughs> yo, this real. is Timbaland? <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Um, But yeah, and I, Love I you, also Timbo. enjoyed, I also enjoyed that interview yeah yeah it made sense for sure but <clears throat> favorite tracks out of time sacrifice um man it's the transition from how do i make you love me into take my breath take my breath is a favorite but that transition blows my mind every time bro and then, like just it's the ride bro i love the ride that's like some cruising in a car kind of song <laughs> Maybe not like that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, sacrifice. I'm actually just going through the tracks right now. There is a moment that I'm out of time is by far my favorite. Um, here we here we go again. Is immaculate, <laughs> like just starting. It's fucking beautiful. Um, yeah gasoline how do i make i I will say on the later half of the album too i think don't break my heart picks the album back up because because as you said like starry eyes to every angel is terrifying you can kind of just backseat out of those two songs honestly is there someone else into starry eyes waste of time like it's first of all they're it's the same song and um it's just very surface level and boring even don't break my heart is like Okay. Someone could like, turn "Don't Break My Heart" into a Jersey Club mix. <laughs> you don't say that too loud, bro. Someone, nah, it, please, if you're someone listening to has this, that like that. fact. When I was listening to it, I'm do like, that. is that like kind of up tempo track that's like very DJ easy. Lil Man? If you're listening to this, please. J Hood, if you're listening to this, please. Try You gotta send it to him. As the Jersey representative, you gotta do it, do it direct. All right, somebody direct. clip this shit. I'm about to send it off. I'm like, like yeah, we about hey. to send it off. Let's go. Ayo, let's go. Um, ratings. Am I crazy if I say nine out of ten? On you, man. Yeah, I'm gonna say nine out of ten. I, I mean, I would give it a like a perfect ten out of ten, but it does kind of leave a little left to be de- desired towards the end. I, I think throughout everything, it it's like, it's good. But once it gets to that little dip in that roller coaster, it's like a little whatever to me. Honestly, but I did enjoy everything I heard. If but, it wasn't for oh. Best Friends to uh, to Every Angel is Terrifying, this would be basically a 10 out of 10 for me. But um, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. I'm also going with 8. Yeah, 8 as well. Strong start. Uh, clean it up in the finish but production immaculate throughout uh i do like the interludes features are pretty interesting uh that in, to me implies like bold choices that he's like i want to try something and whether or not it works is I, hey i gotta give him respect to that also i don't know if this is just me 
but an album automatically is like deducted points not because like this is a bad thing but if you're obviously taking from another like another time or like recreating something very obviously then it can't be a 10 out of 10 i don't That's know if this is though and r&b i think i don't Even know about like that i don't know about make- that because it's not recreating like hip-hop samples and changes and innovates but like this is a recreation i would say this is an homage recreation to me would be 100 through and through going from the process of putting yourself in that environment that that music was made using that equipment going and contacting the writers and producers from that time using every single he did hit up up daft punk and quincy jones and he did but like there's also a lot of new people that he brought on to like if it would be a recreation it would be like no outside new influences i'm just going to do everything i can to basically transport myself to that time period to me this is an homage because it references that strongly but there's such a lot of new production techniques and new songwriting things that put it into 2022 right there's but i see what you mean but i personally think like homages can be 10 out of 10 because that's like i'm influenced by these things i respect it but i'm putting my own spin as opposed to like I really like this, and I'm just gonna try to make it over again. Right, 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 right. I, yeah, I thought you were gonna say something petty, like an album can't be a ten if the cover <laughs> art is ugly. <laughs> it's so Cas, bro. You know he's gonna say some shit about Sonics or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> um, that was the quarter note. Thanks for tuning in. As always, find us at the underscore quarter note on Instagram. Tell us what you think. Also, rate the album on Spotify. I've been telling y'all for like 10 episodes now. Do that shit. He won't ask you again, but do that shit. It's Jelani Carter. I'm Andre Doughty. I'm Fax Mercury, and this podcast has been sponsored by Lexapro. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Stop it. Get some help. (laughs) (laughs) Peace and prosperity.